0: Thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Ben Evanson. I'm so excited, you guys. New Year, I know, it's like all it is is like a calendar day. It's like, okay, great, one more day. But how many of you know like turning 16 is a big deal? Turning 18 is a big deal. Turning 20, it's just a day. 21 is a big deal. 60 is a big deal. Can't wait? No, I'm just kidding. No, I don't know. I kind of can't wait. I don't know because I'll be halfway to dead then, right? I am going to live to 120. I am. I declare seriously. I don't believe that my body will quit before that. No way. Enough coffee and espresso. And, no, I'm kidding. I will stay alive forever. Anyway. Sidebar on this though, guys, look at me. Look at me. As I get older, I start realizing that older is actually really good. I'm not saying it's better. So don't be like, oh my gosh, Ben, you're such an old geezer. But I am recognizing more and more that age is really great. And an opportunity to honor the people who are really old is like the coolest thing in the whole wide world. You're all those people you think don't know anything when you're young like you guys, because you've got it all figured out, you know. So it's all from what age? Tell me, what is the age when you just start getting stupid? As a teenager, because your parents are already there, obviously, right? You all think your parents are stupid and you know everything. At what point is it that you've learned it all and you start getting dumb? Somebody give me the age. When is it? Four? Four. Four. So y'all are on the way down already. Yeah, so do you, right? Come on. I mean, seriously, if you're like 21, that's when you start getting stupid. I'm going to talk to you when you're 22 and find out how that's going. I'm serious. I don't know. I wasn't planning to talk about this, but you know how I am. What, I mean, there is such crazy wisdom in age because it just is. I'm not saying that old people are so much better than young people, but for young people to be like, oh, old people are so stupid, is the stupidest thing in the whole wide world. Because that means that you're on your way to stupid the older you get. You're condemning yourself to stupid if you're like, oh, old people don't know anything. They're just so dumb. Guess where you're headed. It's Like, good job. Way to go. You're getting stupider. Like, thats I think that's ridiculous. So... Think that through. If you ever get a chance to go to an old folks' home, best time ever. What? No, it is go, to, go room to room, people you don't even know, just old people, and say, hi, I'm so-and-so. I just love to hear your favorite stories. <laughs> That won't be their their best story. Don't ask them why they're in there. Don't go like, so, how'd you end up here? (coughs) I'm serious. What? That helps if they are, like, have dementia. But, like, literally, go in and say, hey, give me, like, the best memory of your childhood. They will have stories that will make you feel so boring. And they didn't have any electricity. Like, some of them. No phones. And their stories are, like, epic. Like, I remember when I went to college, my college, there was this old lady that came, like, the first, like, maybe it was homecoming, the first year of my college. And somehow I got in a conversation with her because I like old people. And she was telling me, she's like, oh, the pranks we used to do at this college, you know, because she had graduated, like, 50 years earlier, you know. And I was like, like, what did you do? And she goes, yeah, that old building with with the bell tower out there. We took a cow out of the field that led it all the way up the stairs to the bell tower. Cows don't go downstairs. They'll go up, but they don't go down. Right? How many of you have done that? Like, oh, I got an app where I did that. That's funny. Like, no, I mean, come on. Like, old people have stories that are crazy because they actually had to create stuff, not just be like, look at this app I downloaded. So creative. Anyway. I'm not saying that apps are bad. I'm just getting on a tangent. But guess what? You're all getting older. I think that's awesome. Right? I think it's awesome that you're young, and I think it's awesome that you're getting older. But guess what happens as you get older? You learn stuff. Wisdom doesn't actually go with age necessarily. I won't say that, okay? Wisdom can come at any age in every different way, and I've known very unwise 80-year-olds, and I've known very wise 10-year-olds. Yeah, you know what I mean? Maturity is not an age limit. Like, you know, like, I'm 18, I'm growed. Like, no, you're not. If you just said that phrase, you're not, okay? It's like, oh, gosh. It's like, I'm so mature. I'm so much more mature than all my friends. Like, nope, if you said that, you're not. I mean it. Look at this. this is just me spouting wisdom tonight. Okay, here we go. I'm going to get to my point. So I was really asking God, like, it's always hard to speak at the beginning of a year. Like, what, what does everybody want to hear? Like, what's your New Year's resolution? Like, I'm going to work out every day until January 8th, and then I'm going to quit. Yeah. You know what? Like, seriously, Wait, if you want to work out this year extra hard, Go, like, get on Craigslist on February, like, 2nd or 3rd. there will be a lot of dirt cheap weight equipment. Work at it because everybody's like, crap, that didn't work. Sell it. I'm serious. They get rid of it. They're like, ah, I'm not using it. It's taking up space in my basement. It's true. Anyway, so if you need good weight weight equipment, just wait a month. Just a month, okay? That's happening. But here, so New Year's resolutions I think are really great. I think it's really cool to go like, okay, I'm going to change things and I'm going to set a different course for the way my life is. I think we all are desperate to change. I don't think anybody wants, man, if I could do, if 2018 could be exactly like 2014, that would be it. I don't think anyone looks back and goes, man, if that year could be repeated for every year, the rest of my life, groundhog year. Like, I think we'd all go like, no, I don't want to do that again. I think we all have this desperate, inside us thing to say like no i want the next year to be really better than the one before am i right does anybody go like no i'm stuck in the past really i mean maybe a 95 year old in a nursing home is like if i could go back to that year when i was 16 but even in that year there was probably heartache and tragedy tragedy and difficulties and things that you're like man i never want to go through that again period because we all have stuff we go through But I think it's really important looking into a new year going like, okay, God, I want this year to be different. And I think everybody in here would say, I want this year to be better. Because I don't think anybody's going like, man, I hope this year just sucks. 2018, dying. This is it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's like, I hope I go broke. I hope I lose my job. I hope I break every limb in my body. Like that's not the list for 2018. Like oh my gosh. So what is it that drives us to 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 wish for a better year this year? Anybody know? Motivation? But what even gets us thinking like that? Mhm. yeah. Yeah, you want to find that thing, that target, that thing that you feel called to. You don't even necessarily know why it's there. You don't know why there's this vision in your heart that it's like, I just, it's called a destiny. It's called a calling. It's called like what God has in store for your life and you're being drawn toward it by some mystical force like called the Holy Spirit, calling you into relationship. If what? You want to eat as much food as possible? Yeah. You're going you're gonna to expand your territory. <laughs> right? I mean, I know. Just meet as, eat as much food as possible and maintain my perfect figure. Right? That's, that's called moderation. It's just called moderation. You can eat as much food as possible. While maintaining whatever your goal that you think you have in mind that you want to is. And if you abuse the moderation, you'd miss the mark on your goal. That's how, kind of how life goes. But here's the deal. I, we all are desperate to see our life expand and grow. We want to learn more. We want to gain more. We want to grow more. We want more freedom. We want more, like, like opportunity. I think everybody is going, like, what does this year hold? And that's what keeps us looking to the future going, like, I have hope. Like, I have hope and if you've turned off hope and you're just like, man, I don't really care what happens this year, I want to challenge you that there is hope for you this year and you will grow this year. You may grow in one direction or another, but you're going to grow because you're going to have experiences. Here you are tonight. So if you're like, well, I'm not going to have any experiences this year, guess what? You already did. You are here, and you're hearing things, and your heart is experiencing things. Even in worship, you're kind of like, I don't even know what that feeling is. I don't know what the worship's about, but I like it here. I like what happens in this place, and I don't even have words to describe all of it, but I'm drawn to what it is that is happening among these people. And somebody comes over and shares a picture and prays for you, and you're kind of like, that is weird, but I like it. What? What? That was Anilio right here. He came to the last encounter night, and he's like, this is the first and last time you'll see me in church. (laughs) And he thought we were weird, and this is your fifth time here? Yeah, he stopped counting because he really likes coming, and he's telling me, he's like, come on, right? Because we're kind of weird, but it's nice. Come on, admit it. Like, look around. Just look at somebody and say, wow, you are weird, and I like it. That's really good, okay? Because guess what? Guess what? Okay, back up here. It doesn't take that long to say that little phrase, okay? You're gonna laugh about it though. But guess what, guys? There's something weird about what happens in this place because it's abnormal to the world that you walk and live in every single day. Because you're walking and living in a world that's going like, "What's the point?" Where am I going? Why? I'm just chasing after what, after whatever this or this that might please me for the moment, or I can't figure out what's going on in my world. And you show up here in a place with a whole bunch of people that are like, we actually know what's for sure. And we actually know that God is planning our future and moving in our behalf and taking us somewhere on purpose. And we're pursuing him even though we don't understand it all. Anybody in here understand everything? I don't. been doing this a long time, and I'm going, like, God, whoa. But there's something unique in that reality that this is a place of hope that the world doesn't see elsewhere because everywhere else you go, it's kind of like, well, I guess we're all just headed to dirt at best, you know, or maybe we'll evolve to some higher species at some point, but probably won't happen while we're alive, so what's the point? We're just somewhere in that. If you believe that direction, even if you're part of that evolutionary process that'll be completed in 30 million more years, what the heck does you, do you matter to the equation if that's all that there is? But we believe that there's a real, true, and genuine hope that God has placed out before us. And God took me to this passage from a dude who had a totally... Deep understanding of, wow, God, I trust in you. All my circumstances don't make sense. God, I trust in you. Why is this happening? God, I trust in you. What in the world is going on right now? God, I trust in you. Constant, a guy named David lived in this place of constant back and forth. Like, okay, the king is out to kill him. He's hiding in a cave. He's been told he's going to be the king, but he's actually being hunted by the king. And it's really, whoa, there's a step. I should know where that is by now. I'm sorry, Trenton. So this is a guy, David, in Psalm 16, and I'm going to read like through the whole Psalm 16. It's not really very long, but there's so many good things in this that I felt like God was saying, this. here it is. This is your year. This is your hope. This is your future, and in this, you can rest, okay? You can rest. If you feel like every part of you is going like, oh, why is it all going wrong? It's not, there are circumstances you're feeling and experiencing that might not be lining up the way you expected they would, but it is not going all wrong. Let me tell you that tonight. There is so much hope and there is so much future, and none of you have ever gotten any stronger unless you came up against something that threatened you. Right? Strength comes in adversity. You get tough. Called gravity. If it weren't for gravity fighting you from flying every single day, you'd have no muscles. No, mu- you'd have zero muscle. You'd just be this like flabby thing, like s- like skin and bones, like flopping around. If there was no resistance to the way you live your life, it's like I just want to fly. Well, forget your six pack and your nice abs and like you know, be like you can't have muscles if there's not gravity to resist. Ah. Good, that's, that's for free. Okay? Here's David's prayer. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. How many of you, like, just say that? Refuge. What does refuge mean? Place of safety. Hallelujah. How many of you need a, I know, the world has gone crazy on, like, we're creating safe spaces. Where did I hear just this, just today on the radio? There's some. Country that made safe space for women, where it's a rape free zone, I'm kind of going like, where else? like is outside that zone? Like, have they created just one part of the city that's rape free? Like I hope the whole city should be like protected from that. It's like safe spaces, are you kidding me? Like there is one safe space, and it's not a geographic location, and it's not a block in your city where this isn't allowed. It's a place where God enwraps around you and guarantees that he's got his eye on you and he's defending you from anything that comes at you because anything that would come at you is less than him. Ah, it's called refuge. I love it. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Say that. Apart from you, God. It's all crap. Wow, thank you for declaring that over your life. Ha, gotcha. No, I'm kidding. Serious though, if you get to this place, it says in the Bible somewhere else, what does it gain a man or profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? It's like if God is not the source of everything great and good in your life, like you're missing the fact because you might be chasing things that are going to fall flat and leave you very empty. But if you recognize, like, man, in every good thing that I experience, it's from God. And I'm going to give credit where it is because every good thing is from him. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are noble ones whom I is all my delight. Those who run after other gods will suffer more and more. I will not pour out sacrifices of blood to such gods or take up their names on my lips. Now, that like, sounds like an Old Testament thing, like, oh, well, we don't have, like, false gods in America in 2018. Like, that's, not, that's an old thing. And holy cow, we may not have, like, blood sacrifices and all that crazy stuff so much anymore. But let me tell you, there are false gods that we sacrifice our hearts and lives and minds and time to all the time. Because what was a false god in those days was basically where they gave their attention, their devotion, their passion, and they entrusted their future to it. Sounds a lot like sometimes education is a false god. Sometimes your job's a false god. Sometimes money is a false god. Sometimes your dang device, like what are you more devoted to than your device? You're probably more devoted to this than you are to your boyfriend or girlfriend. Just saying. Okay. Okay. Oh, snap, right? But we talk together on it, right? No. And I'm not saying any of those things are all bad, but we got to go back to that verse before that said, all good things are from you, God. It's when we re- remove God from the equation and just treat things like, hey, it's mine, I got it, I got a phone, and now I'm going to use it however I want because I'm allowed and it's mine it becomes one of those false gods, says, I will not sacrifice my heart and my life or allow their name to even be on my lips. It's this cleanliness commitment of David's heart that's like, no, God, it's it's you, it's from you. Now look at me, David became a king and had like crazy wealth and money and finances and servants and all this crazy, like he had it all from man's terms, but this was the heart that had that money. The money didn't have his heart. Because his heart, first and foremost, was like, no, there is no God above you. I will worship you and you alone. And God said, I like that. Blessings, favor, more, abundance, all over his life. Sorry, I've been thro- fighting the throat thing and hate it. Ah, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. Anybody know what a lot is? Lot—it's like a space, like your yeah, your lot. It'd be it'd be all that you acquire, like all that is yours. David says, "You make my lot secure." It's totally you. If you decide to obliterate everything that I have, everything that I am, okay. But he says, "No, God, I know you secure my lot and all that you've given me." And here's this one's cool, and I love this. And this is a word for your year: the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. The word boundaries, we think the word freedom and we think no rules, no limits, no restrictions. That's why I hate my parents. Because they just confine me. And they just don't give me the freedom that I need to do what I want, whenever I want, and all of that. Guess what, people? To not be given boundaries is not love. It's set up for destruction. You've heard me say it before, right? Three Mile Island's right up the river here. There's incredible power happening up there like multiple times a day. Nuclear reactions. The same reaction that blew up Japan. They dropped two bombs and blew up, poof, the entire country. Everybody died. That happens multiple times a day right up the river up here. So a really good thing without boundaries is destructive. A really good thing Within a structure, within a boundary, within a limitation, it's called like cooling towers, is incredibly productive and life-giving, and you all get to charge your devices every day because of it. But the minute somebody goes, man, we just need to get freedom up here, man. Like Three Mile Island's getting totally confined in. We're just going to open the doors, and this is real, genuine freedom. We all die. Destruction comes where boundaries do not exist. And I'm not here to be like, oh, yeah, you're at church, and we're going to give you a bunch of religious rules, and that's how you're going to live your life. But guess what? I tell my kids, hey, don't touch the stove, because I'm such a jerk. I'm limiting all their freedom. I mean, they just are trying to express themselves. And I'm the big jerk that's like, stop, don't, uh," you know, like, Maisley, why are you on top of the refrigerator? Like, get down, like. Come on, Dad, I'm free. Like, oh, I know. It's funny. It's funny, but you look at me, and I I go like, no, I just let my kids do whatever they want. Maisley likes the fridge. She likes to go up on the roof when it's snowy. She's two. She's got it. I want her to have freedom. You'd look at me and go like, you're a cruel, awful, neglectful father. What? Oh, you, you have no idea how kids can climb. No lie to true story. Carter, when he was two, right, pulled the drawers out of the cabinets like stairs. One drawer out and then up, up, up onto the counter. Climbed onto the fridge because he knew the marshmallows were in the cabinet above the fridge. We find him sitting on the fridge with a bag of marshmallows. Oh, yeah. He was two-ish, right? Probably two, two and a half, about Maisley's age. Yeah, they can climb. They'll get on the roof. It's not even that hard. Catch my point, though. We're going to get super distracted on funny stories, okay? But listen to me. If I did not put boundaries on my children, it would lead them to destruction. If God doesn't give us boundaries, we walk into destruction because guess what? He's wiser than us. I'm telling you. But it says right here, David's going, the boundary lines, so he's recognizing, okay? The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. God's boundary lines are not to restrict you from what is good, but to keep you where it's great. Holy cow. It is not like, you know, you hear like, oh man, I don't know if I want to be a Christian because they don't get to do anything fun. Okay? First of all, I think you know the truth behind that. It's just a rebellious spirit that rises up and says, I want to do whatever I want. You know it's destructive because if you haven't seen it already, you will witness friends and family and people fall to drug addictions and alcohol and sexual abuse and the, you know like you name it gambling and all kinds like you the, things without boundaries lead to destruction and you could be like no but I need my freedom I need to get my chance like wake up people boundaries keep you in a place that's healthy and safe and yes those can be over abused I get it And the church, probably more than a lot of places, has been a place where boundaries have been like sucked right in, like we're going to just control you. And that's wrong. Let me tell you, that is wrong. But to completely go the other direction and say, I don't want any boundaries on my life because that's just abusive and I just want to do my thing, and I'm like, is completely foolish. Especially because you think like the older I get, the more freedom I should get. Well, you told me earlier that old people get stupid, so... You're getting less boundaries and more stupid the older you get. That doesn't sound like a good equation. So I would say the older you get, the more boundaries you actually get. It isn't a matter of, oh, I should be an adult and do whatever I want. It's like, trust me right now, enjoy the little bit of boundaries that you have. Because they're little bit. If you feel so restrained by everything that your parents make you do, it's like, come on, wake up. Because when you step into a world where you have a job and finances and, and children to care for and a spouse and you've got vehicles and bills and da-da-da, talk about boundaries. The minute I go, you know what, I just want to be free. I ain't paying my bills for a while. I just don't. That's so restricting to me. i got to give all my money to everybody else. I just want to do what I want. It's like, yeah, that's going to be a really good week. And then It's over. I mean, it would last like an hour because my wife would be like, you're being stupid. We are not doing that. (laughs) She's really wise and she's the reason I'm like not bankrupt. I mean that with all my heart. Like, hallelujah. Okay? Like, boundaries are your health and life. Look at your year and don't go like, what can I do to get out? Say, what can I do to stay near to the Father who is my refuge? What are the boundaries on my life that actually give me freedom? Because there's so much freedom in a boundary. To be like, hey, kids, go play in the yard. It's like, we have a pretty big yard, you know? But it's like that sin nature thing inside of us goes like, we're going to go stand by the gate. And we, we, seriously, how many of us do this? We completely, your kids probably do it, right, Dallas? You're like, hey, you can't go over there. They go right to the edge, and they confine themselves to a tiny little box right at the edge, and they forsake the entire freedom that's available to them. Don't we live our lives like this? We see all that God has said, like, go free, love people, live, go well, like, follow these boundaries. Marriage is where sex belongs. Oh, God, you're so, like, oh, so small-minded. Oh, my gosh. It's like, no. No. It's like a nuclear bomb, and you use it outside of what God created it for. It's destructive. Like, seriously destructive. You take it within the confines of a three-mile island, a center force that God designed of marriage, sex is powerful and life-giving, life-creating, and it provides a home and a place of refuge on this earth for the children involved. You've all seen or experienced or part of the other side of that. Where the home has not been a refuge and it's not been protected because marriage has been cheapened and ripped down and shredded and all this. And it's like, God, you and your boundaries just make our lives miserable. No, I'm sorry. When we stand on the edge of the big boundaries, I've said this before about the Grand Canyon, right? We can find ourselves to... I've been to the Grand Canyon, and my mom's, like, terrified of the edge. You know, stay back, stay back, stay back. I'm like, why, mom? It's cool over here. Like, right? Come on. But we tend to live on the edge of disaster with our whole lives, and we're like, yeah, I'm a Christian, so I'm just going to walk this line, and I'm just going to have a little bit of beer at this party, and I'm just going to try a pot a little bit here and there. It's like, it's cool, but I go to church, and I'm still cool, and I'm just, like, living right here. Like, you have one bad day. How many of you ever had a bad day? Oh, hello, yeah. You have one bad day when you're living on the edge, confined to the edge, because you've confined yourself. God didn't. God said, live free in all that I've given you. Don't go over there. But we're like, no, God, I just like this little line, and I've confined my own life to this brink of disaster. See, I almost lost it, and I'm, it's because I'm old. Okay, all right. We start living this way on the edge. You have one bad day, and you plummet to death and destruction. But we're we're just like drawn to this. Like my parents said not to go there, so. (laughs) (laughs) Look how free I am. And we think we're so bold and powerful. Look, I'm pushing the limits. Look at how free I am. When you could be over here running and jumping and not even worried about death because you're living within the boundaries and the freedom God gave you. (laughs) This is so huge. I know I'm growling. Oh, man. Are you catching this? You're, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. <laughs> delightful inheritance from the Father. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even, listen to this. This is cool. Even at night, my heart instructs me. It's called dreaming with God. It's when you're living in this freedom land over here, and then you go to sleep at night, there's this peace and this rest and a freedom for God to speak and reveal things to you and show you. Over a third of the Bible was written out of dreams that were given to godly men and women. So God is not silent at night, but if you're living in this edge right here and you go to sleep, your mind's going like, well, there's this and then there's this, and you don't know what's going on. You got nightmares and you can't even sleep at night because you're afraid to go to sleep because you've had such darkness. Guess where you're living? On the brink of disaster. Move into the light and move into freedom that God's given you and walk in a different way because even at night my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand I will not be shaken. How many of you want stability? Stability. Sorry, my throat's quitting on me. Therefore, my heart is glad. My tongue rejoices. This is, when you get to this place, you're like, oh my gosh, God, I'm just like so secure in you. You're my refuge. You're the reason I live, and it's all good, and you've given me all of this to live in. Forget the edge. I want to experience the greatness of where you are, God. I don't even need a hint of darkness in my world. Therefore, my heart is glad. My tongue rejoices. My body also rejoices will rest secure. It says, my body even will rest secure. It's not just your spirit. It's not like this metaphor thing. It's actually a place where your inner self gets at such rest because you're actually in freedom that your body experiences something that maybe some of you have maybe never experienced in your whole life. You're like, I'm always at this Like, like, get back from the edge in every part of your life no mixture no like i'm just there like trying to be cool with my friends at school and i just don't want to look like a crazy christian i guarantee you won't look like a crazy christian if you just live in freedom with god it's not about like i will not do that i will not do that i will not do that it's about living in oh my gosh i get to do that and i get to do that and i get to do that and this doesn't even attract you anymore and that's the kind of people the todd whites that the world goes like what the heck is going on not like people don't like cast him out it's only the church people that have a hard time with todd white the world people are like dude what's gone what's on that guy i want to hang out with him he's got dreadlocks and he's like dresses weird and everybody gets healed that he gets around like he lives in a he lives like so far from the edge of darkness that people are like what is on that guy but all the Christians are like, I'm living on this edge so I can be kind of cool out here. But like, you know, fit in when I show up at church. I get to live that life too. Holy cow, guys. Set your year and go like, get off the edge. Get off the edge. Because this is not free. This is terrifying. Because if the wind blows the wrong direction, I'm dead. I can get thrown all over the place. You, can, you see the people that get all weird in worship. They're not living on the edge. They're just like, whoa, I'm not even afraid of falling because I'm like, you know, it can be a little crazy, but Holy Spirit, just come and make us nuts, okay? It's way more fun there. Oh, I got two more verses and we'll be done. (laughs) We're going to do that one more worship song. So band, if you want to get up here while I try to finish these two verses, that'd be awesome. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. David lived in such a place that he's like, guess what? God, you're not going to abandon me, and you're not even going to let me see decay. He lived with a mindset that said it's eternity. It's not the dirt. I know they're so distracting getting back up there, but... He lived with a perspective that said, I'm not headed to the dirt to rot. I'm headed to freedom of life now. And when I leave this place and my heart stops beating, boom, more freedom. Uh, He didn't even like look at like, oh, the grave wasn't even part of the equation for David. And it isn't for me. I'm like, okay. Paul was there. Like, Paul, I mean, like, I don't do stupid things and jump out of airplanes without a parachute. Like, okay. I know, right? But I live in a place that I say, like, God, if you took me today, what am I going to do to stop? Like, okay. But if you don't take me today, I don't want to waste it. I don't want to just be like, oh, I just can't wait to get out of here. Like, that's where most of the church has lived for way too long, and it's stupid. God didn't give us an escape plan. Get Jesus in your heart so you can go to heaven and fly away. He said, "Get Jesus in your heart so you get full of the kingdom and you establish." It's this takeover plan. He's like, "We're going to drive out darkness, change the world." Because guess what? This is the only opportunity in all of eternity that you have to fight against darkness. This is it. You get to heaven, It's going to be glorious and wonderful and all that, but guess what? There's no opportunity to defeat darkness and tell the devil he's an idiot. This is your opportunity, and we spend half of it going like, "Well, devil. I don't really like what you do, but I hang out here a lot. And he's going like, good. I'll just wait for you to fall. You live back here and you go like, devil, bring it. I'm pushing the edge at you. And he's going like, no, no. He's freaking out. Why do you think things are happening in our world the way they are? Because the devil is freaking out. Why do you think things happened at the retreat? Angels showed up. Demons took off. Stuff got evicted because it was this like, it was stuff that had maybe been lingering there for a while, but it's happy as long as it doesn't get threatened. But you get the presence of God so secure in your life, and you're like, I want God, I want God, I want God, I want God. Everything of darkness inside you starts to go, I like, go, I'm getting kicked out. And it freak, it's a little freaky, but it's really great. Because warfare is kind of ugly, but winning is really awesome. Okay? Oh, man, I'm getting off on so many things. Last verse. I love this. You make known to me the path of life. You fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. God invented pleasure, so get off the lie that the world has it all and the church is missing. It was all God's idea. Satan is not an inventor or a creator. God created pleasure, enjoyment, and fulfillment. And the devil said, I'm going to manipulate it and steal it back because I don't want them to enjoy the pleasures of God. Oh, you fill me with joy in your presence. That's why you see people sometimes worship and stuff happens and they just, it happens, at retreats a lot. You get the crying section. It's like, oh, my gosh, but it's a good cry. You feel amazing. You get the laughing section that's like, (laughs) and that's a good laugh. It's like, you give me joy in your presence. It's crazy. And there's this pleasure forevermore that's wrapped up in God when we get away from the edge and go like, whoa, this is really good. And I'm not afraid anymore because I'm not. I'm not. That's not even a thing to me anymore. But you know where this edge is in your life. This is look at me. I'm ending with this thought. You know the edge in your life, and for each of you it's different. Every single one of you, it's a little bit of a different edge where you struggle, where it's hard for you, and nobody's struggle is worse than anybody else's, but they are different. And it's recognizing these places and just going like God. And it's not just like me being like, Okay, I am not going to think about partying with my friends. It's not this, like, cognitive brain activity that says, like, I am just going to be a good Christian and I'm going to live in that freedom away from the edge. It's going, Holy Spirit, draw me into your freedom. It's submitting your heart and stop playing the game of, like, I've got to be in control of everything. Just go, like, Holy Spirit. That, I know there's pleasure and there's joy in that, and you've felt it. In the midst of worship, in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. You know this feeling and you know that it's there. But it's our own little desires that make us go like, oh, I'm just going to hold on to this a little bit longer. It's time to let go of stuff. Let go of that whole like, I need independence. Because freedom and independence comes in the boundaries of God that are love And protection. It's the refuge of God. So stand up with me. We're going to jump back into worship and just let this seal in our hearts real quick. But here's what I want to do. We're we're going to come in close. I want everybody to come in close. Like, I know we've been spreading out the whole room. We're going to do this together, and we're just going to declare the goodness and the joy and the pleasures of God. But I want right now, I want to make you, I'm going to have you yell this after me. We're going to yell, get off of the edge. Okay? We'll actually do it this way. Holy Spirit, draw me back from the edge. Let's yell that together. Are you ready? Holy Spirit, draw me back from the edge. Are you ready? One, two, three. Holy Spirit, draw me back from the edge. All right, so have an awesome year, you guys. Like, come on. We believe, like, we've been saying it. We believe for the words that God has spoken over Airborne. And we're going to blow this room beyond, like, we're going to outgrow this room and have to build a big gym and something crazy. I don't know. Like, why not? Come on. There is so much hope in this place. And it's all in you guys. It's not your great youth staff or whatever. It's you guys coming full of hope that God is coming to meet you because he loves you that much. So come on, carry that hope through this year. Let your friends see it. And declare your year to be better than ever before because this is going to be a phenomenal year. 2018, without doubt, is going to be an expansion of every one of your lives in the coolest way possible, but you got to jump in. It's, on, it's up to you to dive in with God and go like, I've tried a couple years the other way. What happens if I give you my year? So come on, put your hands up. God, I thank you for this awesome generation, and I thank you for each of their precious lives, God. And I thank you that you have a call on each of them that's drawing them into your presence, God. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would grab each of these hearts, God, that as they're willing to let you move, that you would draw them back from the edge, that they would live in the greatest freedom and pleasure the world has ever seen, God. We thank you for freedom. We thank you that our hearts are not bound when we're living in you. We're guarded, we're protected, and we're secure. In Jesus' name, bless each of us in your name. Amen. This podcast was recorded live at our Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.